You, uh, you didn't have to laugh at that. Morning, church. I tell you what, I, it, it is so good. I'm so glad to see you this morning because I know what the plan was. Trent and Mike, they're thinking, you know, first weekend after school's out, not going to be hardly anybody there. We'll get Inman to preach. So it's especially good to uh, to see you here this morning. I, I want to start off, I want to say how much I love this church, how special White's Ferry Road is to me and my family. Beverly and I pulled into West Monroe in 1983 uh, for me to go to the School of Biblical Studies that we had here at that particular time. And uh, I tell you what, that began a journey for us. Not only did we raise our children here, but... We all grew up spiritually here as well. And it's such a, such a blessing to, to still be here today. People like, like Bill Smith. Bill Smith taught me about grace. And there's probably a few of you who could raise your hand to attest to the same thing. But at the same time, they taught me that wasn't enough. It's true. Bill Smith taught me about grace. I learned grace from God. Because it's one thing to know what grace is. But it's another thing to, to get it. To own it. To live it. And I, and I believe that took place here. Because I, I think it was because of leadership. It was here. That's why leadership is so incredibly Important. When let me give you an example, an antithesis to that. When uh, when I graduated from here, went back to went to work at a church, and I'm not going to say when or where uh, exactly, but it's another state. Uh, just happened maybe to be where I grew up, but you know I'm not going to say where. And I was working for the church that I grew up in. Not a that's not an easy task. And I, I preached a sermon on grace one time. And I said, I made the statement in the sermon, I said, brothers and sisters, all the work needed to save us was done 2,000 years ago on the cross. I thought it was powerful. Well, after the sermon, one of the elders there met me in the parking lot, and he said, Tom, Tom, we got to talk. I said, well, what's going on? You, You said something in that sermon. Oh, well, good. <laughs> uh, what, what are you talking about? That statement you made about all the work needed to save you was done 2,000... Yeah, yeah. You can't say that. I said, well, what, what, what do you mean? What do you, what do you, you can't say that. Those folks won't do anything. You say that. <laughs> and what I really wanted to respond with was, they ain't doing anything now. Maybe if you... Maybe if you told them the truth, they would. You know? See, that's, that's the leadership I grew up with. Part of it. I'll share another one in a minute. But leadership is so incredibly important. And so we're going we're to do this series on leadership. And we're, we're going to start. See if I can work this technology. We're going to start with elders. So they asked me to talk about it. Right. Let me ask you a question. What kind of 
What kind of man do you think we need in that role? What kind of man do we do we choose for that role? What kind of man would be the right fit? Now, typically speaking, and I think this is most churches, we've got a couple of really powerful passages in dealing with that. First Timothy 3 and Titus 1. And we have lists of... Now, here's what they've been called. Here's what we've called them. We've called them qualifications of. By the way, that word's not in the text. But we've called them qualifications of an elder. Look what I did. I didn't even, I didn't put the verses down. I just listed, I went through and listed the things. Wow, you can't see those back there. Oh, that's better. There's the First Timothy 3 list. And there's the Titus 1 list. Okay? Now, and so we've taken those and, uh, and, and from those we've determined, here's the terminology, we've determined whether a man was qualified to be an elder or not based on those. And it's a great approach and it sounds all well and good. Alright? We're not going to go to those passages this morning. There'll be a time and place for that. But in, in trying, because folks, here's the, the reality of it is, one of these days we're going to be looking for some more. Somebody said in one of our meetings the other day, we're getting old. And everybody said, Amen. <laughs> and so it's coming. So what, what kind of man are, are we looking for? I'll tell you where we're going to go. We're going to go to the 23rd Psalm. Where God is the shepherd. Think about it. What better place? See, here's, here's the catch to what we typically would do. Let's, let's think about those lists in 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1. And I, what I, here's what I want to challenge us with this morning. This is the challenging part. I really don't feel like those are a, a checklist, a black and white letter of the law, legalistic list that has to be met for this person to be qualified. And I've got three reasons to feel that way. That's just me, but I've got three reasons to feel that way. The first reason I don't believe that is what you'll notice about these lists, the very first one on both lists is blameless. Beyond reproach, blameless. Well, i got news for you, ladies and gentlemen. We don't have anybody that qualifies. Nobody qualifies. If this is a black and white, literal, mandatory list, we're done. I'll tell you something else about this. As this looked at, at as, as a list of qualifications, you, you can, you'll find that that might get someone in that particular role that doesn't need to be there. That elder I mentioned a while ago, man, he batched up on those lists perfectly. He doesn't even understand grace. Is he qualified? Is that the kind of man we want? Tell you about another one. Same place, no names. He gets up to teach an adult Sunday morning Bible class this particular Sunday. This is a different one. And the class was going to be on Christian living, living out the Christian life. And he gets up and he's talking about it and he just stops and he goes, you know, I just wish everybody could be more like me. Really? 
You know what? Line up that list, folks. He matches up perfectly. Do we want him as a shepherd? I don't. don't. So you've got to be careful with, with seeing it as a literal checklist. Okay? So my, my first reason is we don't have anybody qualified. Nobody blameless. Okay? Second reason. You ever notice those lists are different? And we're not even going to expound on that today. They're very similar, but they are different. Now, here was our solution to that always. Well, that's no problem. We'll just take those lists and combine them, come up with a better, li- a be- a better list, a more complete list. You think God was God inadequate when he gave us the lists? We're going to come up with a, a better one? Folks, there's reasons why those lists are different. You ever thought about that? They're not exactly the same. Because they were sent to people in two different cities, two different churches, completely different. They need to be different. I'm going to trust God in that. Because there were different circumstances. Therefore, maybe we should get the idea that maybe these, uh, not qualifications, but these characteristics are important based upon the scenario and situations in which people find themselves. Uh, Dr. Lynn Anderson wrote a book called They Smell Like Sheep. It's about elders, shepherds, right? And in, it's this good book, by the way. In that book, listen to this. He says, my friend, Dr. Carol Osborne, whose, whose roots run to rural Arkansas. Really? Is rural necessary? Right? He's, I, I, you know. Now think about that. If he's got to say rural Arkansas, buddy, you're back in the sticks. Right? His roots run to rural Arkansas. He says this, quote, An elder in the black river bottoms of Arkansas would not likely command much respect unless he owned high-class coon dogs. If a man didn't have enough sense to know good dogs, how could he possibly have enough sense to lead a church? I'm not saying that should be in the list. Wait a minute, does that mean you have to be a redneck to be a, an elder here at Watchbearer? <laughs> Might not be a bad thing. I'm not saying anything other than the, what, what is presented there is the idea that the circumstances dictated the characteristics. Not leaving 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1 behind, I'm not doing that. I'm just saying, where do we begin as we think about what kind of man fulfills this role. Now, the third reason, the third reason I don't believe this is a hard and fast letter of the law, literal, I'm saving that. It will come later. If we get to the end and I haven't told you, somebody raise your hand and remind me because it's really important. We're going to go to the 23rd Psalm where God is the shepherd. Peter calls Jesus the chief shepherd. And here's what I'd like for us to do. I don't, this is not going to anywhere come close to how well our young people did 
reading this passage this morning, but I would like for us to stand and, sh- and read this verse together. Now, this translation, it, was, it threw me a little because it wasn't quite the same as what I was raised on, but that's okay. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Be seated. God as a shepherd. That's Psalm 23. So let's just quickly, let's just peruse through that to see what or how God is described when he indeed is the shepherd. Grass and water. There is spiritual nourishment that comes from him. He restores my soul. And I would venture to say everybody in here has experienced that in some, to some degree or another as the Lord does that. He restores. Another translation says he refreshes my soul. Spiritual nourishment. Consuming his word. Letting him speak into your life. Him, him using other people to uplift and encourage. Just the spiritual nourishment we get from God himself as he is indeed our shepherd. Look at this. Paths of righteousness, ethical guidance. You know how a shepherd will use a staff to help direct and encourage the sheep to go in a particular way. By the way, guys, sheep ain't too smart. I could have said, I could have said sheep are not too smart. I said sheep ain't too smart. I mean, from what I've been told from folks that, that have worked with sheep for years, uh, they're standing out, sheep standing out into a, in a field and a hailstorm starts, large hail, they're getting clubbed to death. They'll just stand there and take it. They won't even run hide. We need some ethical guidance. Our choices oftentimes are not good. And so he does that, and I guarantee, look, he does that through his own Holy Spirit who lives inside of us, encouraging us, guiding, leading us. He doesn't make us behave. He lets us choose, but he wants us to, and he encourages us. So just as the shepherd would guide the sheep in the right direction, there is a process of ethical guidance coming from the Lord himself as our shepherd. Isn't that neat? That's what that's what he does. Oh. Comforting presence. The staff of comfort. 
we'll do the rod of protection in a minute. But first, the staff of comfort. That is a comforting thing to know that there is the shepherd there to provide that peace and that contentment. And I know that's what we want. That's what everybody wants. And he's there to provide that. If we, if we were to make a list over the last year, last year, two years, of the, the terrible circumstances that just folks in this church have had to go through and endure, let me tell you, you could have a line of people come up here and testify to the comforting presence of the Lord. Isn't that right? We, we have felt it. You know, when Beverly was diagnosed with cancer, as goodness knows, so many have dealt with and are still dealing with and going through the process. And, and you, you know, I mean, it is a slap in the face. It is a, it will knock you to your knees just like that. And to feel the presence of God, sometimes expressed through brothers and sisters and close friends in Christ. Sometimes it's just him. As, as the shepherd shows up and he puts his arms around you, his staff is there to keep you close and he comforts. I don't, I don't know how people live without him, honestly. Raise, raise your hand if you remember Ray Melton. I don't know how many times I heard Ray say this. How do atheists bury their children? How do they do it? That's it, as far as they're concerned. Done. You put them in the ground, you cover them up, it's over. How do you do that? I wouldn't pick that life. If I, if I felt like it was a good choice, I wouldn't pick it. I need the comforting presence of the chief shepherd. Oh, that's what he does as a shepherd. And then you've got the, the rod, the club of defense, protecting us from the evil one. And what, however the evil one manifests himself out there, goodness knows, we're, we're attacked on one side and the other all the time. He's out to get you. You know that. You could testify to it because you've experienced it. His attacks. And yet we've got, we've got the shepherd, just like the, the shepherd of the actual sheep would protect the sheep against the wolf. We get those illustrations. In the same exact way, we've got the chief shepherd who's out there with his rod of protection defending us from the very one who wants to destroy us. And he has told us, all we got to do is say, get out of my face, Satan. Get behind me. And he runs. Praise God for that. I, you know, I'll, I'll throw this in for free. I make myself sick sometimes because, do you understand what that means, folks? We don't, ready? Now understand this, we don't ever have to sin. We don't have to. We choose to. Are you kidding me? We do. We have the power of God to overcome Satan on, in every circumstance. And we choose our way. And it makes me sick of myself. Boy, let's talk about grace. Thank God for that. Oh, my goodness. 
The protective rod. It's there. It's there all the time. And then look at this. Oh, sitting at the table. Sitting at the table with him. He anoints my head with oil. By the way, that is a good thing. You know, I mean, today, somebody, you know, what are you going to do? Pour oil all over me? What are you doing? This is a good thing. We know that. He's caring and tending to. He anoints our head with oil. to the, And then it says, my cup overflows. More, more than enough. And you know what? Not everybody has it in plenty in this life. Some people struggle. But let me tell you something. Ultimately, spiritually, he fills us totally and completely to the point to where our cup will overflow if we'll let, allow him to do that. But see, that's his role as the shepherd. That's what he's doing. That's what he's about. It's what he wants to do. Think about this, guys. Psalm 23, David, the psalmist, he's bragging about who his shepherd is. Hey, guys, the Lord's my shepherd. Wow, take a look at this. Here's what he does. He does it all the time. And get me through all these difficult circumstances, all this stuff, and then you know what? He's going to prepare a table for me. And my cup overflows. And when you got that, why wouldn't it make sense that this, this confident living would follow? Goodness and mercy. I know I think ours, that we read said goodness and love. That's fine with me. That's what, that's what follows these things. When, you ready? When the Lord is our shepherd. So I want to I challenge us this morning. Before, before we look to the lists. When this, when this comes about. Why don't we start here? 23rd Psalm. Let's get a pattern. Let's get an idea of what it would be like to recognize a man that would fill this role. Let's start here. And let God be our example. As a shepherd. By the way. See I, see, I remembered. You, you didn't have to remind me. I remembered the third reason why I really don't feel like 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1 are a black and white letter of the law mandatory checklist. You ready for this? Based upon those, Jesus Christ himself would not qualify to be an elder at any of our churches. Are they good? Absolutely. Do they help us? Absolutely. But if I'm going to make them the checklist, I've excluded Jesus, the chief shepherd, from the mix. Something doesn't sit well. I think our understanding needs to, to, to fall in line with the overall picture of what he's trying to accomplish. See, I couldn't forget that one. 
say this. What? I'll tell you what elders are not. Whoops. Oh, so glad I've got that up there. Look at this passage from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. There's a picture of him with us. The way he handles us. Look at this passage. You know this one. John 10. I'm the good shepherd. That's Jesus. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. Now there. There's a shepherd. You remember... When I started, I talked about grace, knowing about grace and really knowing grace are different things. Guys, it's the same way with God. Knowing about God and knowing God are different. We want, we want men who know the shepherd, who know God. Shepherds as well. He's our, he's our ultimate example of what it's all about. Let me... Let me uh, I mean, I'm going to wrap this up, and I want to read you something, because here's what I want to do. I want to, I want to just now be us, talking about us. Subject covered. <clears throat> there was once a Shakespearean actor who was known everywhere for his one-man shows of readings and recitations from the classics. He would always end his performance with a dramatic reading of Psalm 23. Each night, without exception, as the actor began his recitation, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The crowd would listen attentively. And then at the conclusion of the psalm, they would rise in thunderous applause in appreciation of the actor's incredible ability to bring the verse to life. But one night, just before the actor was to offer his customary recital of Psalm 23, a young man from the audience spoke up. Uh, Sir, do you mind if... If tonight I recite Psalm 23? Well, the actor was quite taken aback by this unusual, unusual request. But he allowed the young man to come forward and stand front and center on the stage to recite the psalm. Knowing that the ability of this unskilled youth would be no match for his own talent. With a soft voice, the young man began to recite the words of the psalm. When he was finished, there was no applause. There was no standing ovation as the other nights. All that could be heard was the sound of weeping. The audience had been so moved by the young man's recitation that every eye was full of tears. Amazed by what he'd heard, the actor said to the youth, I I don't, I don't understand. I've been performing Psalm 23 for years. I have a lifetime of experience and training, but I've never been able to move an audience as you have tonight. Tell me, what is your secret? The young man quietly replied, Well, sir, you know the psalm. I know the shepherd. Oh. Guys, knowing the psalm is great. Knowing the scripture is great. But that's got to make a transition for us to know the shepherd. I tell students all the time, y'all, God did not give us this Bible just, just so we could learn what it says. 
He did not give us this Bible so we could learn what it says. Not just that. There's two things. He gave us this Bible to get to know Him and to change us. And that comes about when we take those scriptures and we meet the shepherd. And we get to know Him. So I ask you this morning, where, where are you with that? How are you doing with the shepherd? Are you, are you the sheep that lovingly and, and willingly follows? Or are you the sheep that's always obstinate? Or do you really know him at all? Or do you just know about him? By the way, if you don't get that difference, we would love to talk to you about it. Because it's a big difference. So I challenge all of us this morning, wherever we are in relation to the shepherd, I pray that we know him. If you don't know him, you can. You can. You've got you to gotta give yourself up to do that. And uh, I know we've got water right here for you to die to the old stubborn self, to be raised to walk in newness of life and follow the shepherd. Let him provide all the things we've been talking about. Or maybe you just maybe you just find yourself like in a cloud somewhere. Where, it, where maybe it used to make sense and it's not making sense anymore. And you're, you're frustrated with that and you need some help to find your way back. And uh, maybe you've got prayer requests you need to make. We're, we're here as a family for you. And so we speak to us together as sheep. By the way, you know what, guys? The role of elder, it's sheep leading sheep. I wish we had the Lord right here in person. Boy, do I ever. That's why it's a struggle. why it's hard sometimes. But we're in this thing together. So if you have a need this morning, and you'd like to express that, we invite you to come right now as together we stand and sing.